Figaro, 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 Sonny. Holy fuck. I think you gotta get away from the mic when you do those high, high pitch frequency, frequency, freak, fuck, frequencies. <laughs> frequencies. Too much Manhattan. <laughs> what did you just say? Free ASMR. You can follow Adam now. He's starting an ASMR challenge. You can go. Oh my god. You know what that is? It's called a Manhattan. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait for it. Oh. That's amazing. Hear them bubbles. That's ASMR. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, bubbles? Way better than slurping. In case anyone's wondering what I'm drinking, I have tried to get Babe to sponsor me. Sponsor us. Mm-hmm. What's that? Is it from like Adam Sandler's like uh, Happy Gilmore or something where he's like, sponsor me, bitch. What is that? Probably Happy Gilmore. Is that what he says? Sponsor me. Bi-. I don't remember that. It's not sponsor me. It's not sponsor me. It's definitely it? not. <laughs> he's like, do you know what I'm saying, though? That no. that reference where he's like something like come after me, bitch. You mean Google me, bitch? Google me, bitch. Yeah, four Christmases. <laughs> oh, what? Like, completely different <laughs> spectrum. I just thought, sponsor me, bitch. I thought it was, I thought that's what he said. Adam Sandler, sponsor me, bitch. When it's four Christmases, like, wow, uh, not up, even Barbara? close. <laughs> <laughs> sponsor me, bitch. Anyways, I'm drinking a babe. It's the rose. I, I, I'm, I'm three in already. So I'm sure editing mm. this is going to be a fun time. Uh, and hopefully I get the, the details right. So hmm. don't at me if I I miss the dates or anything. But yeah, we're a little behind. It's been a mm-hmm. few weeks, yeah. uh, but it's been busy. We have had Life. a lot of things going on. Yeah. If you follow us on Instagram, you, us, I mean, by us, I mean me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had a little incident. Somebody uh, wants to follow me. <laughs> I only have like 33 followers. Where can everyone find you? <laughs> Adam underscore Gleba underscore. <laughs> Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, so yeah, we ha- we've had a little bit of a weird week or two. So that'll be a whole other episode, I think. I don't I don't feel like we're ready to talk about it yet. I want to share our little personal crime popper story on a whole other episode. Mm. Once we have a little bit of like progression in the story. Slash in the case, <laughs> <laughs> then we can share what happened. But um, does his job. It's been a little bit of a, a crazy few weeks, so we're ready. This case is uh, something else. I you're gonna literally fucking hate me for telling you this story because I I remember first telling you about this story in 2018 as it was unfolding. We were living at our old house, and I remember bringing it up, and you were like, "Just stop." Stop. Like, I don't want to hear anymore. It involves kids, doesn't it? It does. It's our... said no kids. It's our first case that it involves kids. But you know what? I actually contemplated not covering this case at all because it is so horrific. Should have went with that. And so hard to listen to that I, I... You know, I wasn't sure that I wanted to cover it. However, I think that... There's so many true crime podcasts that cover. I feel like all the true crime podcasts cover it. So I feel like we kind of have to cover it in a way. But tonight is, quote, date night, right? Even though it's, we're made a delicious dinner, honestly. It was, it's been so good. It's been great. But why has something involving kids the night that I don't have the kids home and I can't cuddle them after? Oh my gosh. That's so true. Like, it's not true. The greatest timing. That is true. But at the same time, like we're so behind and I Yeah, we need to people are really waiting for this case, oh, yeah. I think, because it is it is kind of a case that if you're doing a true crime, you kinda you have to talk about on as as hard as it is to listen to. Um, but we're we're gonna try to do the whole case justice and I hope you somewhat enjoy listening to what we have to say. Hmm. Let's pop open the case of the Watts family murders. Thank you. 
a story about a family, your average suburban family living in a beautiful home. It's about $500,000 in... Say a half a million dollar home. The price tag on the home was 500,000,000. (laughs) What difference does it make? Just just rolls better. (laughs) Half a mil. They were, they seemed from the outside like your normal, like average, happy family. So Chris Watts and Shanann Watts, they met in 2012. And I'm just going to play you a little clip of her talking about Chris Watts at the time that they met. Keep in mind, I feel like I, watching all of the video footage, this case has an incredible amount of footage compared to any other case that I've ever seen. A, because it's still so recent. This happened in 2018. B, because Shanann was almost uh, like a mini influencer. She had a multi-level marketing company. She worked for Laval, which was, um, it's like a Thrive. It's called Thrive. And it's basically like this patch that has vitamins in it. And they wear, have you ever heard of this? It's like a patch? No, it's like a patch for (laughs) vitamin. Quite the contrary. That's not a thing. It's like, they wear these patches for vitamins. So just take a vitamin, <laughs> or just eat healthy foods. I know, I, I get it. It's like if a you can't. It's like yeah. a weird multi-level marketing company. But she was very vocal online. She did a lot of live Facebook videos. She was on Instagram all the time. All the time. And I think when I first looked her up, very recent to this case, she had like twenty thousand followers on Instagram. So she was very vocal. She was really good at what she did despite it being a multi-level marketing business, she was really successful. She had the car incentives. She went on many trips. She was kind of a leader in the industry. Hmm. You can kind of like fall for her personality. She was just like, I'm going to play a clip and you can hear her talking. And I think you'll see what I'm talking about. And I got a friend suggestion, friend request from Chris. (laughs) <laughs> I was in a really, really, really bad place. And I got a friend to friend request from Chris on Facebook. And I was like, oh, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him. Except well, one thing led to another. And eight years later, we have two kids. We live in Colorado. And he's the best thing that has ever happened to me. And because of my health challenges, because I got so sick, I let him in. Know that... No matter how hard life gets, no matter how low you feel, know that deep down, like in your heart, that there's a purpose. There's a reason for everything. We may not understand it at the time. It's hard to understand it at the time. Um, I'm telling you, when I met Chris, I pushed him away. I gave every excuse for him to run. I mean, every I gave him an out every single day. I gave him an out. And if you guys know my story with Chris, you know I gave him an out. I mean, he went to my colonoscopy. I tortured him. I rejected him. I, I pushed him away time and time and time again. But when I canceled dates last minute, because that's how life is with my health challenges, you cancel things last minute, and it's hard for people to get. It's hard for me to understand. But he stuck around. Shanann had a lot of health concerns. So she actually got diagnosed with lupus. I think she also had diabetes. So she had like this weird neck she had to get a certain part of her, like her disc, uh, a surgery on her disc. So through all of those health challenges, Chris was kind of there comforting her through everything. And this was a part in their relationship where she just felt like he was there supporting her, comforting her. She was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it maybe it, maybe their relationship wasn't a good fit, but as they kind of went on through the stages of life and him being there, she, you know, they ended up moving on together. And I think that what you'll see in the dynamic of Chris and Shanann is that she is a very confident, outgoing, like independent woman and almost kind of feels like Chris was kind of a puppy dog. And I'm not sure if it has to deal with his insecurities or... 
that he was just kind of easy manipulated in a way, but he, a lot of the family videos that you'll, you can watch on YouTube, you see that she's very dominating. He's kind of submissive, listens to everything that she says. Like Mm. she was very almost like controlling in a way. Not that that has like a huge part in, in, you know, what ends up unfolding, but it's just something to note because, um, she was such a present, like online, social media almost like an influencer and it's weird because I watch a lot of her videos back and I I can like it's almost like it's so sad to think that she's not here anymore in a way because I want to see more of her stuff it's like this weird it's a weird thing to to consume because you don't see this often in cases where there's so much footage of the victims or the families in general because they would be doing all these lives together and they just had so much family like video documented open for everyone to see. What did he do? Like, what's his story? He was a, a contractor of some sort with the oil field out in Colorado where they lived at the time. Um, so I'll just jump back and give you a little bit of a timeline of how how they met. So in 2012, they met. And in 2013, they welcomed their first baby girl into the world named Bella Marie Watts. And after one year. Mm-hmm. Well, they got, sorry, they got married in 2012. I okay. think they met shortly before then. But uh, again, a year later after they got married, they had their first daughter. At what age? Like, at what? how old was Shanann? You know, they were older, like I would say early 30s when they had their first daughter. Um, And then they had their second daughter two years later in 2015. And her name was Celeste. But they like they went by the the nickname Cece. So Cece and Bella. With all of the health challenges that Shanann was dealing with, they ended up kind of going through a tough phase financially. They also had fertility issues. So because of her health conditions, they had to go through, I believe it was in vitro to get their daughters. So they were in like a a substantial deficit. They ended up filing for bankruptcy in 2015. Yeah. And and they had a lot of expenses. Like they lived in this really beautiful home. They had nice cars. They ended up filing for bankruptcy. I mean, as you can imagine that, that probably puts a lot of strain on the relationship Mm -hmm. as it is. Um, and they, mm -hmm, they ended up owing the homeowners association, um, a big chunk of change. And they, I think got sued by the, the HOA because of the fees that they were, that were outstanding. June 11th, 2018, Shanann surprises Chris with the news that they're expecting their third child. And she goes live on Facebook to do this. You can see her, the video, all of the video footage is on YouTube. She's wearing this shirt and it says, oops, we did it again. Hmm. And he comes home from work and sees her. He's not happy about it, is he? He's, he's. I'm going to play you the clip of him coming in and this whole transaction happening. And you tell me what you think. Okay. We did it again. <laughs> I like that shirt. Really? Really. That's awesome. So pink means... That's just the test. I know. It just says that pink is going to be girls. I don't know. Just the test. That's awesome. Guess, guess, guess when you want to, it happens. So what do you, I mean, first impressions, what do you, how do you, how do you feel like the body language, the tone based on her response? Seems a little fake. I mean, it's not terrible, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not, doesn't seem very excited. Well, he asks pink means it's going to be girls, right? Cause he's already right. got two girls. He had expressed to friends that. You know, if they ever like he really wanted a boy mm-hmm. and that if he ever had another child, he would really want it to be a boy. Mm-hmm. So he's asking, you know, pink because the lines on the test that show up when you take a pregnancy test, they come up in pink. He's right? not very educated. <laughs> I know. He's like pink means girl. And she's like, no, let's just ask. So she's very. That is pretty. pretty I silly. mean, uh, 
you can overanalyze these things, but Mm -hmm. you can kind of hear in her tone, like, no, that's just the test. Like, you can kind of sense that there's a little tension there. There's not, She's not exactly excited about his reaction, I guess, or what what you don't know is that she had been texting her friends prior to this, like, finding out that she's pregnant and, like, letting him know that she's pregnant, that... He he has been cold. He has been kind of distant from her. And the reason for that is because in June, also the same month that Shanann finds out that she's pregnant, Chris Watts ends up connecting with a girl from work hmm. and uh, kind of starts dating this girl named Nikki Kessinger. So he meets her at work and they're kind of doing like a casual little side fling thing. And he's starting to build emotions and feelings for this girl at work. When Shanann tells Chris that he, she's pregnant, expecting their third child, you can kind of tell he's a little taken aback by it because of no one knows at the time that he's got this other relationship happening on the side. He reportedly tells the new girl that he's dating, Nikki, that he's in the process of separating from his wife, but that was not the case at the time. And he never did mention that Shanann was pregnant with their third child. So during during the month of June was a very complicated time frame because... They they find out they're pregnant. Chris has ha- started starts having an affair with this girl from work, and because they're living in Colorado, Shanann takes her daughters back to North Carolina where they were where they originally had lived. They ended up moving to Colorado because they had visited there at one point, and they just really loved the location. And they ended up moving there, so all of their family was back in North Carolina. June, Shanann takes both of the girls back to North Carolina to visit her family for six weeks while Chris stays back home. And this is really the point in time in the storyline where Chris develops this strong relationship with this girl that he's seeing at work. Hmm. Um, At the end of the six weeks, Chris ends up flying down to North Carolina to meet the the family and spend the last week while they're there together. Shanann kind of makes note and text is texting her friends saying, you know, he's very cold. Um, you know, I think we're having some struggles in our relationship. Like, I don't know what to do kind of thing. It's kind of just something to note that she suspects something is off with Chris. I find there's a lot of times people have struggles when the woman's pregnant. Is that a yeah. thing? I mean, probably. I mean, when you're pregnant, your emotion, like your hormones, emotions, everything are fucking whack. So yeah. you're probably not in like the best mind I frame. I of people having troubles when there's like... That's kind of true, isn't it? Yeah. I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard that more often than it should. Shanann is doubting the relationship again. Like she's very open and there's a lot of like text messages between her and her friends saying that she's questioning her relationship with Chris, that he's only kissed her once since he came to this family vacation in North Carolina. He hasn't Mm. touched her. Like she's trying to engage emotionally with him, but he just seems very distant and she's like completely making note of that. Um, Shanann starts telling her friends that Chris has changed and that he it feels like he doesn't want this baby like he's kind of made a few remarks that he's not really wanting a third child he didn't want a third child like ever to begin with Um, so she had and they had problems like with pregnancy yeah yeah So like did she put effort into this no this third one was completely like yeah out of the like random not a plan not expected um so she was planning to have a gender reveal party for the the third child but because she just felt like chris was not involved not interested she ended up canceling the gender reveal party but she yeah she ended up going on to see a 4d ultrasound because she was 14 weeks pregnant and ends up finding out that it's a boy so yeah so she went really really early because normally i mean in canada you don't find out the gender until 18 19 20 weeks pregnant Hmm. unless you are seeing a fertility treatment and like you you, like us we found out when we were 14 weeks pregnant with emmett that it was was. a boy yeah but it's like very hard it's and it's not confirmed like it's not 100 percent sure at that stage of gestation because it's so early but she did end up going through and finding that out so chris knew that it was a boy and um i think as this unfolds which makes it, it just makes the whole thing 
so shitty. So they get back in July of 2018 and, uh, you know, things are still kind of rocky up and down. Like she's just not feeling like Chris is there. He's not engaged, whatever. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant and emotional Mm. and just all of her health concerns. They had uh, a daughter. So this, the daughter, Cece, she had some severe health concerns too. She had a very uh, bad peanut allergy. I think there was a bunch of allergies that she had. She had EpiPens, like all the things. Hmm. And while they were visiting North Carolina, she had taken her to visit Chris, Chris's mom. And Chris's mom and Shanann always had this very tense relationship. It wasn't only his mom it was actually his mom and his sister for some reason they just always hated Shanann they had this thing against her that they just thought she was never good enough for Chris and I think they they were just probably intimidated by like the strong personality that Shanann was she was very confident at the time she was very successful in her career they just always like shunned her down a bit that was really hard on Shanann I mean as as you can imagine like any family tensions when you're married to someone is just so hard to deal with emotionally right I think I think that Chris's mom Cindy I don't think that she had the best intentions um really for the family because Cece's nut allergy was pretty serious and there's one occasion where Cindy gave Cece ice cream with nuts in it almost like she felt like Shanann was exaggerating the fact that Cece had peanut allergies like why would you even risk that but she just always felt like Shanann was lying or like exaggerating or like she just wanted to prove a point don't mess with kids though yeah it's just that's not a way to it's so fucked up that you would even test that assumption you know so she gave her and, and, and Cece ended up having like full body rashes. They had to give her EpiPen. So Shanann freaked out and was on Chris and was like, like, this is fucking ridiculous. You need to deal with your mother. She's psycho. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ever be okay with her risking your daughter's life? Like, right. you know, I'm not ever taking them there. So she basically cut Chris's family out cold turkey. And I think there was just a lot of tensions back and forth between this family dynamic because Chris's family didn't show up to their wedding either. Oh. It was like a um, this situation where I don't know there was some disagreement. They just they ended up not coming, wow. which is like yeah, okay. huge, right? So August ninth, two thousand eighteen, Shanann leaves for a work trip to Arizona. Again, she worked for this multi level marketing company, and, and Chris she is went with on the these, kids. Yeah, so she leaves okay. the kids with Chris. She's so going away to this right now. You're getting anxious? Yeah. This is where the story goes fucking whack. Oh, God. No. I know. Okay. I really... I, I I hate this part of the story. Okay. Let's get through this then. <laughs> so she goes for a work trip in Arizona with her best friend, whose name is also Nicole. Okay. When she's gone, Chris continues this affair with this Nikki other girl. Nicole. Yeah. Nikki Kessinger. Okay. Uh, he's he's planning on going out on a date with her on, on the Saturday that Shanann is away. I think Shanann goes away for like four or five days over the weekend period, right? Hmm. So you should also know that after this all unfolds, they go back through Nikki Kessinger's history on her computer. She's searching fucked up shit like wedding dresses. She's looking for wedding dresses. She's, she's looking up, um, you know, when, when does the person you're having affair with leave their spouse? Like all of these weird things. She's even, yeah, she's even searching things like, okay, I'm not, you probably don't know of the Lacey, Lacey Peterson case, but Lacey Peterson was also murdered by her husband. She was also like eight months pregnant at the time. So she, and she was searching that shit. She was searching this. Okay, you're, you're, mm-hmm. And the mistress that Lacey Peterson's husband was having at the time, her book deal. So she was searching book deals. Like it's just weird that she was searching this kind of stuff during the week that this all unfolded. Okay. So on August 9th, I 2018, like I mean, Sorry. toxic. It's just a bad, it's bad news. 
August 9th, 2018, Shanann leaves for a business trip to Arizona. So she's going with her best friend, Nikki, to this sales training uh, business trip in Arizona. So again, like the multi-level marketing thing, they have those like incentive trips. She texts a friend before leaving saying that her and Chris actually had their best talk yet, that he was going to be more involved. He was going to open up a little bit more, be more emotionally supportive through her pregnancy when when she returns from this trip. So she leaves thinking that this is going to be great. Like she's really excited. And she leaves the kids behind with him while she goes away. On August 11th, 2018, Chris hires a babysitter for the night. This is a Saturday to go out with Nikki Kessinger on a date to a restaurant. Mm, he tells Shanann that he's going out with buddies to a baseball game, like to watch a baseball game. But in fact, he did go to a bar with Kessinger and on his credit card purchases their dinner and drinks. Oh my God, and, what an idiot. Yeah. I think you, like if you get really deep in the, into this case, there is interviews with Chris saying that at this point in the relationship, he was just done and he didn't give a shit anymore before he was purchasing their dinners and hotel rooms and all of the other shit on gift cards that he had purchased so that it wasn't so obvious that he was having an affair. But when Shanann questions him why there's $80 roughly on the credit card for dinner and a drink with the guys. He just says like he had salmon and a few beers. So he kind of just tries to cover it all up that he was actually out for dinner with this Nikki girl. A few days later on August 13th, Shanann's business trip back from Arizona is delayed. She's supposed to get in a little bit earlier, but she doesn't end up getting home until 1.48 a.m. And there is video surveillance footage from their ring doorbell of her getting home around this time. And it was her friend Nikki that dropped her off. So her and Nikki were super tight. They did business together. She had signed up Nikki under her, under this business. Um, Nikki had always said that when they went away on these incentive trips, that the next morning she'd be hearing from Shanann right away. Like, let's get calling people. Let's do business. Let's like get together and do some Instagram and like Facebook live stuff. Like she was very like driven and motivated after they got back from these sales incentive trips. Like, I mean, you kind of feel like you know what I'm talking about yeah. because we've been there also in your business. You, know, you get home from these business trips and it's like, okay, let's go. I'm telling you that because Nikki drops her off like we hours of the morning on the 13th and Shanann was supposed to have a OBGYN, like a gynecologist appointment the very next morning around 9 a.m. to go check in on the baby and like do her scans and stuff. She just vanished. She didn't show up for the OB appointment. Nikki tries calling her around 730. There's no answer. So oh, Nikki no. goes back to sleep just thinking, you know, maybe, you know, she she seemed a little bit off on this vacation in Arizona. She had a lot of headaches. She wasn't eating properly. They had to like force her to drink water. And they're suspecting that she was probably stressed because of everything that was going on with Chris, regardless of the fact that they had this like really good chat before she left. And she just felt like she was texting Chris the whole time she was away and he wasn't answering now in hindsight because he was seeing this other Nikki girl. Right. But she mm. didn't know that at the time. Right. So when, when no one can find Shanann the next morning, Nikki starts to freak out. And like this, this girlfriend is like, the bestie of the year like you want a bestie like this because by around 1 30 p.m that day she she calls the police right away she says i have called my friend shanann i've texted her several times i know she had a doctor's appointment this morning because she's pregnant she didn't show up did she ever go to her house to like check on her she went to her she showed up at the house right away and this is why she called the cops because she showed up the house at the house knocking, ringing the doorbell. Mm. She sees that their Shanann's car is still parked in the garage. Wouldn't she just go in the house? The doors were locked, mm. so she she got so concerned. She called the cops right away. And like this is so weird because, I mean, I think that this was like smart acting at the time because when these situations happen, like for instance, we had this weird guy walking outside of our street like a few weeks ago yeah. and I hesitated to call the police. I don't know. I just, I feel like in the moment you always hesitate, but this particular friend didn't hesitate. She calls the police almost hours after she can't get a hold of her friend. 
because she just like didn't answer her calls and didn't show up at her doctor's appointment. So um, she calls the cop and says, hey, can you come do a welfare check? Like, I can't get a hold of my friend. And of course, the cops are probably like, OK, sure, fine, like whatever. So they come to the house and uh they're looking around, you know, they're not seeing anything too suspicious. And they're the like, kids are okay. supposed to be home, right? Kids are supposed to be home. Um, they were starting school that day or the next day, but I think they had some sort of orientation happening at the school. So Nicole calls Chris right away and says, Hey, like, do you know where Shanann is? Have you heard from her? You know, I can't get a hold of her. This is really strange. I called the doctor. She didn't show up for her appointment. And Chris is like, oh, she went. She, I think she mentioned she was going for a play date this morning. And Nicole's like, well, her car's in the, the garage. Like, how is that possible? How would she just go for a play date without car seats? And her car would still be at home. Right. And Chris is like, I don't know, man. Like, I'll, I'll come home doesn't now. Doesn't care. Yeah. Acting like he doesn't care. Yeah. So he's, yeah. He's, he doesn't seem very concerned at all. So he comes, he comes home and the cops are at the house kind of just doing like an outside check of the the surrounding areas just to see if there's anything that throws them off. And so you'll see footage. It's, it's so crazy because they have, they have everything on video surveillance from the cops body cam at the time. So you can see him coming up the driveway, like walking up and saying like, Hey, what's up? How's it going? And the cops asking, look, have you heard from your wife? And he's like, no, like she was supposed to go on a play date. And uh, he manages to go inside. So he like opens the garage door and he's like pretending. I mean, I say pretending, but at the time you're you don't know. Right. He's just looking into the car and seeing that the car seats are there and he's trying to just like kind of stall. So he's like, don't worry, I'll go around and unlock the front door so you guys can come in. They in the meantime, Nicole Kessinger had called Shanann's mom and said, like, hey, have you heard from Shanann? Like, we haven't been able to find her. Get the her kids. involved, too, maybe. Yeah. And the cop, like the cop at the time before Chris showed up, they refused to enter the home because they need permission to. They can't just like break in someone's house. Right. right. Even though it is a good friend, they need permission from the homeowner to enter or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nicole Kessinger called Shanann's mom and was like, hey, like, can we can we get in? Like, can you give permission? And Shanann's mom, like, increasingly grow, like, grew suspicious as well. She's like, you need to get into that house right now. Like, I give you permission to enter my daughter's house. Like, go. But they couldn't get in because the door was deadbolt from the other side. When Chris finally arrives, he goes inside and they know that it takes a few minutes before he gets to the front door to unlock unlock it from the other side i mean later in other interviews i mean if you guys are interested in finding out the the nitty gritties of this details you can you can see and unpack the layers of what he was doing at the time before he unlocks the door so he unlocks the door eventually and they go inside and he's kind of playing it off he's like looking at his phone he's acting all sketchy they get upstairs they notice that the bed sheet is off of their master bedroom bed and the cop's like, oh, that's weird. And I guess he kind of just, like, Chris kind of just threw it off and saying, like, oh, I don't know, like, she must have been laundry day. I don't know, like, whatever. Shanann's purse and phone are located in the house, which automatically throws Nicole, her friend, off because of her her um, health concerns. She was on tons of medications. She would never leave the house. Even Cece's medications were there in her purse. She would just, it's just everything on the surface was like red flags. Chris then notices that Shanann's wedding rings on the counter. He goes and shows the cop. He's like, oh my God, like here's her wedding ring. Like this is weird. She must like making it look like she had left and like taken Mm. off with the kids. Right. And uh, the cop's like, Oh, like, you know, have you guys been any, like any sort of tension in the relationship? And, you know, it kind of just gets blowed over. And then as you, as you see everything unfold in the moment, they go outside and and the cops are kind of looking behind the backyard and just seeing like if the doors are open back there and if there's any like signs of forced entry and the next door neighbor upon interviewing the next door neighbor you can see that he's got video cameras out on his property and this is very convenient because at around five in the morning (laughs) this is guys i 
I, I can't even believe that this is all on video surveillance. If you just Google like Chris Watts neighbor surveillance, you can watch everything. So you can see Chris at the time. He goes along with the police officer into the next door neighbor's house. And the neighbor's like, yo, I've got I've got footage. I can I have signs that there's movement at five around five AM. And you can see Chris backing his pickup truck into their driveway, into the garage partially, and loading some stuff into the trunk of the like the pickup what do you call that? Like the back the bed? Yeah. The bed? Okay. Yeah, the back like the the bed of the truck like a gas can some other like objects whatever and it's about like 30 40 minutes of him doing this and um the cop is watching all of this on their surveillance footage in the neighbor's living room and you can see chris like he's getting like physically like you can see him getting agitated and like worried and stressed almost you can almost see him sweating about what is being shown on the tv there's no like clear indications of bodies or anything but um, the cops like, Hey, like, what were you doing at five in the morning? He's like, Oh, like I was getting stuff ready for work, whatever. And then, uh, the cops like, Hey Chris, like, do you mind like just heading out next door? I'll meet you over in a second. I'm just going to get this guy's information. And then you can see the neighbor say, yo, like he seems off. Like he's not seeing like himself. He, I, you know, of the few years that I've lived next door to this guy, I've never seen him back his truck up like that at five in the morning. Like something's weird. And then the cop kind of just goes, yeah, I mean, you can kind of expect if your wife is missing that you'd be agitated and a little stressed out. And the, and the neighbor's like, yeah, we're probably right. Like whatever. So mm. it's quite interesting to see that this live footage happens. So and this um, is all recorded. All recorded. The conversation. The conversation. Everything you can How watch. How would it be recorded? Because of the body cam that the cop was oh, wearing at the time. Right. The yeah. Actions. Okay. Yeah. So on August 14th, so this is the next day, uh, Chris ends up like, it's just crazy. He sleeps in this house, wakes up the next day, and the Col- the Colorado Bureau of Investigation begins uh, a missing persons alert for Shanann and her daughters because they they realize that this is not just someone that's run off. Like there's there's something more to be said here about this case. Chris goes on the news on Denver 7 and pleads for his family to return. And I'm going to play you this clip also because I think that it's kind of interesting to see him give this interview. When her friend showed up, that's what it was like. It, it registered like, all right, this isn't right. Do you think she just took off? Do you think? I mean, right now, I don't even want to just, like, throw anything out there. Like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. But, I mean, could she event? Could she just take it off? I don't know. But if somebody has her and they're not safe, like, I want them back now. Like, that, that that's what's in my head. Like, if they're safe right now, they're going to come back. But if they're not safe right now, that's what that's the not knowing part, like, if they're not safe, I, I, last night I was I had every light in the house on. I was hoping that I would just get just ran over by the kids running in the door and just like barrel rushing me, but it didn't happen. And it was just a traumatic night trying to be here. What do you? What are your first thoughts on that? How is he keeping his composure? Like I would be losing it. Like I, there's no way I could say like explain anything he, i mean he's pretty calm and collected right or like i would not be able to talk at all i would just literally be like if both your kids went missing for over 24 hours i mean an, even in like half an hour if i don't know where they are panicking I'd be freaking out he like right off the bat he's oh god he looks suspicious like right? obviously i'm getting from the whole thing and he's the one that did it and the fact that he's lying about all this, like... It's pretty fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's horrible. So after this interview, which is still... It it, it blows all of the investigators' minds that he, he, A, agreed to do this interview. Like, if you're yeah. if you're suspicious in any way, like, I, I thought it's, like, pretty common he's sense. He's trying to get away not with it. To, That's why. Yeah, he's, he's trying to, like, come off as innocent, but he's doing a fucking horrible job at it because... To keep your composure like that and just talk like He's not really nothing happened. Talking about the, the kids much. It's more about her. That's yeah. what I take from it. Like I would be like, yeah, sorry, but like the kids would it's be the true. biggest 
yeah. component to like what I'm concerned about. Exactly. So, I mean, right away. So while this investigation is going on, after Chris does the interview with the Denver 7 here, which you just listened to, Shanann's mom tells the investigators, you have to figure out where he was. There is a GPS on his truck. Track it down where he was in the last 24 hours because he has something to do with it. This is what Shanann's mom had said. They'd be able to read into that better because like, they know his like normal mannerisms and how he would normally act and such. And I'm yeah. banking that he's acting a lot different. So she'd, I'm sure she'd be able to pick up on that. Yeah, exactly. And they know that his truck is a work truck, so, so they can track it. Right. So they, after this interview, after Shanann's mom says that the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, uh, the, t- the agent's name was Tammy Lee and She's she's really quite a, a, a significant part in this whole investigation because she's the one who captures all of the information from Chris Watts. They pull him into an investigation room right away and start asking him questions. While this is all going on, while they have Chris in the room, they start following that truck's GPS. And sure enough, they see that Chris Watts had went to work that morning and by having a drone scan the area, they see this like weird white image in the the fields about about I think if they said it was like, I don't know, not for like 20 meters off from the oil tanks where Chris Watts had been located like at that morning. Working? Yes. What the fuck? Like a very shallow grave in in the field right off of the oil tanks where he had been working that morning wow so the drones captured this image and they send teams out there and sure enough they find shenan watts wrapped in a bed sheet in a shallow grave right on the the work site where chris watts was that morning in this whole process of them finding shenan chris watts is in an investigation room and they're trying to get information from him because they're saying you know we know that Shannon Watts was by your workplace. Tell us what happened. Like, there's no doubt that you had something to do with her her murder. And uh, he, you know, for the longest time, just keeps saying, like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no, no idea. And they push, push, push until one point where he just breaks and says, let me speak to my dad first, and then I'll tell him what happened. His dad flies from Col- from North Carolina to Colorado and uh, is there at the police station while Chris Watts is being interviewed. So he says to the investigators, "Let me speak to my dad first. Like I'm not I'm not saying anything until I speak to him." Before his father comes in the room, they actually do a lie detector test on him, and, and he goes along with Tammy. It. Tammy, the investigate the the lady that I told you about, she tells him like, "You'd be pretty." St- like people would be pretty stupid to do a lie detector test if you were innocent. Just so you know, like I know you're here, you're willing to do it, but just so you know, like you'd be a pretty Reverse stupid, psychology. yeah, okay. you'd be pretty stupid to works. take this if you were in, if you were innocent, or sorry, if you were guilty. And he's like, yeah, yeah, like whatever, I'll do it. He he fucking fails it hard. Like she's like, I I don't think I've seen anyone ever fail a lie detector test as badly as you did. Now is your time to open up. So that's when he says, <laughs> so like, did. okay. I'm I need to speak to my dad first. So his dad comes in the room and he says, you know, I hurt I hurt Shanann and he tells his father that she had murdered the children and as revenge he murdered her. And the reason why he went with that story is because as you can watch like the hours and hours of investigation of this interview, the investigators actually suggest the point did Shanann hurt the children and then you you know as revenge you because they were trying to find any angle for him yeah, to, they're try, to trying to get him right? started yeah. yeah i understand so when he it's heard kind of that, that it is though, very bad to do like, that I don't like that but yeah i guess if they're like completely stumped and it's like a last, last ditch mm-hmm. way to try to get him to start to incriminate himself at least they can keep yeah. going with it but, yeah and that's okay. exactly that and it worked because right. he ended up confessing to his fa- his dad that he had strangled Shanann in a situation where you know she had got home that morning and 
they ended up having sex and he had woken up for work and she had started pressing him about, um, you know, like what's happening? Like, are we good? What, you know, what, what, what's happening? Cause I don't, I don't feel like there's any emotional, like I can't read you basically. Like she was having issues with yeah, his like emotional shake the person. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. just tell me. And at a fit of rage and just him telling Shanann, like, I don't love you anymore. This is, I want this to end. She apparently tells him that you're never going to see the children again. And that's when he had taken, you know, action to strangle her. And he had wrapped her in a bed sheet. And while he was doing that, Bella, the oldest daughter, had walked in and asked, like, what are you doing with mommy? Like what's happening? And apparently he had just said that, you know, mommy's mommy's not feeling well. And, um, uh, he ended up putting the family into the truck and taking them out to the oil site where he had dug a, a, a shallow grave for Shanann and laid her there. <sighs> and the kids. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a, it's, this is like the most horrible, the horrible, most horrible thing that I could ever imagine. And what ended up happening was he smothered the two children and put them each in the oil tanks. Jesus. Okay. Hmm. Why? I don't know. No one knows. His kids, like, yeah, I hate these kids ones. Like, I just... I, I, do, I don't understand it. Like, yeah, no one would. I don't... It's it's not even something that... I don't think... the I don't even think the smartest people in the world have the, the capacity to research such a, a... a brain movement or activity or motives or why. And... and even when they they go on to investigate this case further and, and question Chris as to like what the fuck were you possibly thinking? Like to kill your wife is one thing, but to kill your two innocent children, like it it yeah. it just it is so. There had to have been some sort of like before, like people had to have thought like something's off about him or something. Like nobody's normal and then does that. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. You know what? As as Unless you're literally like some sort of devil that's just Mm -hmm. incapable of emotion and feelings. Like you'd have to be the most cold hearted evil person. The, the amount of footage that I've watched of this case and even like listening to him tell this story back. And I'm going to spare you a lot of the details because it's just so horrific. And I mean, if you guys, what was the general motive? Like what, uh, why do you do this? Honestly, he still to this point doesn't say exactly why he did this. He just did it. He just did it. Uh, he just did it and he doesn't know why. He just feels like he was off that day and he doesn't remember a lot of the things that had happened. Um, but, you know, it's just it's unfortunate that he tried to pin it on Shanann even after like she was she was murdered and couldn't defend for herself that uh, you know, she was the one that murdered the children and it's just unfortunate. How did it turn around? Like he was like, oh, she did it. And then how did it all of a sudden turn around to where he's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll be straight. So his, his lawyers and the prosecution, I guess, had said that, you know, if he pleads guilty, he won't get the death penalty. So he ended up pleading, pleading guilty to all three murders. Well, three and a half because the the pregnancy that Shanann was 15 right. weeks pregnant with um, you know obviously didn't make it either so he was charged with those murders and had he not confessed to that he was he was lined up to have the death penalty which I personally feel like he deserves the worst extent yeah, of the life, law in that case. Like yeah, he's obviously gonna be, he's gonna get life in prison times I think three is what or twenty five years times three. Right. Um because of, of the murders. But um uh you know, his mom like this is just disgusting in my opinion. 
Chris's mom, Cindy, still believes that he was pressured into admitting to the children's death. She th- still thinks that Shanann had something to do with it, but she'd like to think. Yeah. Chris is like, no, like I like, and I, and I think he, he did totally. I mean, the details of, of how he explains this, the lying horrific, of the, of the 5am and the truck and everything. Like, so wait, when he was getting into the truck, did they not be able to see like bodies going into the truck? From the footage from the neighbor? Yeah. They didn't see... He was backed in far enough that you couldn't quite see, which is why he was freaking out on the cop's body cam. You can see him, like, stressing out because he's like, oh, my God, like, can you you see that I'm putting... Yeah. Because they ended up going in the back the back seat of the the truck like he put her on the floor and then Bella and Cece in the back seats and with no car seats or anything like Jesus. just drove 45 minutes to his his site and yeah. uh it's just it's one of these cases that I feel like you're it's gonna be one for history books that you're gonna hear as one of the most notorious family murders because of the nature of, of what happened. I mean, I'm not even giving you all of the details because <laughs> I don't yeah, want it's know, just, it's, I, I'm, I'm glad we kind of got through that. Mm. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just insane. And I, I'm more so like wonder how, how in the fuck someone could do that to their children i just and if, and if he did and he's like oh, i don't know how i just like blocked out and i did it like wouldn't you want to die like wouldn't you mm-hmm. want to end your own misery or something like why would you be like oh i want to continue to live though in prison like please don't yeah. kill me like i want to like I know. what i know like if i if something ever happened to my children without my hand like i wouldn't want to Honestly, I know. I think know? I think we talk about that. We're like, if anything ever happened, then like I would all live. Like, and my misery. Like, yeah, like I wouldn't be able to cope. I think every okay. parent would probably so say that. It, it when you look back on some of the footage, right? Because as I mentioned, this case has a lot of video footage, and you, you can have to been kind thinking of, about it for a while. You can kind of see that he, like, I don't want to dismiss the fact that this is horrific and the acts that he did was fucking tragic, but you can kind of see how Shanann poked at him a bit, a little bit. And uh, I mean, you would have to like, I am telling you guys, I have done, I I have watched probably all of the video footage on this case. It's, it's kind of crazy, but you can watch, you can watch a lot of it on YouTube where she, she kind of pokes at him and Almost like, but when someone's not giving you their like their all or their emotion, yeah. and like you're frustrated, like yeah, you're gonna keep poking until you finally get like right. What's what's like? Why are you not? Yeah, you know, like what's wrong with you? Like why are you not like invested? Like yeah, what's going on? Like I mean, absolutely, I would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't actually go months and months either. Like I would be like, hey, like we're figuring this out now. Like I want to get to the bottom of it. So I think he had a lot of, I think the whole relationship fault. was talked. No, I'm definitely not yeah, saying yeah. it was her fault know, at, at all, because this is not, I, I, I would never wish this on upon anyone, No, I know that. but I think from the get go, this relationship was toxic in that yeah. there was a lot of, it was born through was a little a, bit of, mm-hmm. well, not toxic, but I mean, it wasn't a completely natural. Like it was almost like a coping relationship like she was going through a hard time yeah she needed somebody something you know and mm-hmm. there was a, a void to be filled and it was him and and as she even explained like she wasn't into him in the beginning but because of the conditions she went with it so it's almost like she lowered her standards because of what she was going through and so it wasn't quite um her heart wasn't maybe exactly where it should have been when they first got together. And at the end of the day, he was having an affair. That's a motive. Yeah. And Nikki, I mean, she's definitely, I'm sorry, like part of it. Like a hundred percent. She was probably like saying things and, and based on her search history of saying of like another murder. I mean, I'm sorry. That's not yeah coincidental. Um, absolutely. I, I feel like you can't be completely, so it's it's harder to be completely on your own. Um, she definitely had to have been egging him on, you know, leave her like, 
you know, F her and, you know, like just get away and basically just kind of a yeah. constant push. Yeah. And I think he was easily manipulated and coerced in a, in, in yeah. a way, like very And you said volatile. he was a bit of a puppy. So like yeah. maybe, I don't know, he lacked that. Yeah. Confidence. She never did get any sort of consequence, to be honest. She kind of got away with nothing. Like, although there are certain, I think it, it also helped that she was pretty cooperative in saying like, you know, she had no idea. And even to this day, Chris, like you'd think he would throw her under the bus as having some involvement, but he's like, no man, like she had nothing, she had nothing to do with it. Um, I think it's just kind of, it's, it's fucked up and very coincidental that she had had this search history because they looked at everything, text messages, search histories from both of them. And I mean, um, have kids like I'm sorry, like if you know they're married with kids, like it's just a no. Come on. Just, no, have some self-respect. Like, OK, listen, like when it is over, like call me something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Like not. Yeah. I mean, he had di- he he had mentioned uh, to her that he was planning a divorce. So but True. He, but he also mentions like Doesn't she saw she could have saw on Facebook that Shanann had mentioned the third pregnancy. So. Um, like everyone was open profile. So he's like, maybe she did know about this third pregnancy. I don't know. Right, like, cause that could have wrecked that relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, Oh, you're on your way out yet. You're still, is that like cheating on her? It's like, Oh, okay. Like you said you're leaving and now you're still weird. You know, the whole story is just so fucked up and it's crazy. Cause this is like, this just happened two years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like all the other ones were a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. I mean, now we're introducing, you know, door cams and such I know. which is pretty good i think yeah because you it's rare to find a case with this much video mm-hmm. footage right i mean look how many cases like we have like a million cameras yeah and motion everything like i mean i'm pretty into tech stuff so like it'd be pretty hard to like if there's a fucking pair of shoes in our hallway today and we're like it's a mystery we have no idea how these yeah, shoes got in our house i was literally watching all the <laughs> Well, we I only had time for the last like 24 hours, but I was looking at like everyone's shoes as they're coming in. I'm like, no, those are all like, who wears flats in the winter? Wow. Not to get off topic, but like, that's weird. It's, it's so weird. End of the day is that we're going to start seeing cases with more video footage mm-hmm. because, um, it's so accessible now. I mean, we have cameras all over this place, which is awesome. I mean, if you're listening, Ring, sponsor us, please. I don't think um, we need to be sponsored by them. <laughs> way too much. I know. I know. Seriously. Um, this case fucking sucked, man. I, I mean, there's nothing to there's nothing to joke about here or, uh, you know, talk about other than the fact that I just feel so sad, so sad for the family. I mean, if you can think about Shanann's parents and she had a brother as well how heartbroken they they must they must be about the whole thing yeah say some Um, prayers for them yeah yeah i i i I do i think about them quite often little children like Mm -hmm. such a sin okay now i want let's go get our kids i know when i go cuddle them i know like hug your babies yeah be thankful and appreciative you know Mm mm-hmm All right. We will see you guys next week. We are going to launch our Patreon account this week, which is so exciting. We're so excited for this because um, we we would just love a way to fund the podcast as we love showing up here every week, minus a few weeks here and there because we, you know, it's life. It's around the holidays. So you may see a little bit of delays in our podcast episodes, but stay tuned for that. We also have some fun new merch coming. So... If you haven't followed us already on Instagram, you can head over to at Crime Poppers and all of our show notes and sources will be found at crimepoppers.com. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, if not, you know, the next week-ish. So we'll make a solid effort. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> we, we definitely will because we have our own Crime Popper episode life story to tell <laughs> in the coming weeks. So yeah, unfortunately. stay tuned for that. Have a good day, guys. Take care. It's eight thirty. I just want to fucking sleep. Uh.
Ah. <laughs> oh my god, we are fucked up.